Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find The Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. Oh, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con 2015, which is this year on Memorial Day. Yeah, it's like four days long. It is. It's awesome. It's going to be cool. And they just announced another Power Ranger. Yeah, the red one. I don't know. Why are Power Rangers so popular right um, now? I don't know why they're popular now. I know why they were popular when I was a kid. Because they were awesome. No, that is a lie. They oh were my never God. awesome. Oh, my God. I had a, I had a lunchbox. Did you really? I did. Yep. Why? It was red uh, because they were awesome, and I needed something to put my lunch in. So those two things. I'm sure the guys from So Like You Know are really excited. But yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, they they remember I got that panel and they. Right. What did I like? You gave up, uh, or you gave no. that up, and you got no. I gave them the arrow panel. I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which you know, I'm glad they had a good time. Yeah, that's cool. Good, you know, uh, anything I can do to help people, you know. Get them where they need to go. <laughs> In fact, on Friday, tickets went on sale for Denver Comic-Con. So make sure that you get your tickets soon because it will sell out. Oh, yeah. Uh, when did it sell out? Last year, pretty soon. I think the VIP sold out in like the first couple days. Yeah, and then um, the individual days lasted a little longer, but they eventually all went away, too. And they haven't... They've made a couple announcements. Yeah, nothing crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, but there'll be some good ones. Yeah. They're coming. Also, if you're listening to this podcast through earbuds and you want some new ones, go to tweakedaudio.com and at the checkout, type in Real Nerds, R-E-E-L-N-E-R-D-S, and you'll get 20% off your whole order. And you'll be like, oh, cool, I got these great earbuds and I got 20% off my order. Yeah. And also, if you're following us on Twitter, we do have a new Twitter handle. It's at Real Nerds, just one word. Drop the underscore. Yep. It's because we're like official now. It's pretty great. How, wait, how much is the f- complete series of Buffy like in one cool box? Uh, forty no, forty nine is Angel. Fifty eight was, uh, but that was just on sale this week. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through, making sure that we have everything Dude, ready for the rest of the show. Angel for fifty bucks and Buffy for sixty. That's a steal. steal, dude. Yeah. I know, and I, miss, I mean, I, ha- I missed it. I didn't get it. Ha- I have them all, but yeah. if the box set was cool i would get it yeah it's it's uh it's the one that i have so it's not as good as the old yeah Buffy that's what set, i mean like the one that used to come like in her little trunk or yeah, whatever it was yeah yeah, that was cool with mr pointy um mr pointy boys and girls was her uh steak that she used to kill vampires with <laughs> yeah for all those listening out there um i thought i was gonna do the show by myself by the way i'm with james hi james hi me um but we were able to work it out brad is neck deep 
I guess is now because he was knee deep last week, so now he's neck deep. He's deeper. In, he's he's like full, every, he's balls deep. Yeah, every, <laughs> every day goes by and he gets deeper and deeper. Uh, editing. Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van, which is premiering November 10th at the Bug Theater in Denver. He's going hard in the paint. I learned, I learned the phrase hard in the paint this week. Nice. Um, I don't think I've successfully used it properly yet. Uh, that um, wasn't how you used it, but hey, right. congrats. I, I like how you tried. Cool. What you been up to this week, James? Um, not a lot. Uh, yeah, not a lot. Yeah? Yeah, just work. Yeah, a lot work of work. sucks sometimes. Yeah. How's, uh, how's Baby? Baby's cute. Yeah, you just saw him. He's getting pretty big, huh? Yeah, he is. It's getting like adult hiccups and <laughs> yeah. that kind of shit. Um, yeah, it's fun. You know, it's one of those things where everyone says your life changes. And here's the thing: the biggest change that I've had to make is when I watch movies for our show or do stuff. I have to wait till he goes to bed. Yeah. So it's like a little later. I have yeah. to because I can't focus on a a movie when he's around. Not that he's crying all the time, but. You know, just because he's distracting, because he's so adorable. <laughs> That's right, he's distracting. Um because yeah. you'll be watching your show, and somebody will be getting like killed brutally, and yep. he'll just be like, "Come on, yeah," wow. and you're like, "Oh, That's right. Look at how cute you are." <laughs> uh, yeah, and again, I, I want to thank Zach for filling in for me while I was gone. I was back yeah. last week, of course, for Robert Downey Jr. It was so funny when I found out when my baby was due, and I, you know, just planning my my life and see what I was going to do for the show. And I saw that Robert Downey Jr.'s new movie was literally five weeks after the due day. I said, well, I know when I'm coming back. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know how many people guessed. I kept on leaving hints on Twitter all the time. And, yeah. Um, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. I mean, if at first I figured it would be Gone Girl just because that was one of the big movies of the fall. But mm-hmm. then I realized, meh. <laughs> then you're like, wait, one week later is with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Um, but every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we went and saw Fury. The World War II drama starring Brad Pitt and yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Brad Pitt in a tank. Yep. Where, I guess the tank is like the star of the movie because it's in the, the title. The tank is a part of, yeah. Yeah, he's a character in the movie. Yeah. Uh, he. It's a character yeah. in the movie. Fury the Tank. Fury the Tank. It's like a little it's like <laughs> it's a like kid's, a kid's cartoon book. show. <laughs> they should do like, uh, in the 90s, they would take like adult movies and make cartoon shows yeah. out of them. So like RoboCop or Godzilla. Yeah. Well, Godzilla's sort of adult. That's what they should do <laughs> is they should make like, you know, Fury, the World War II tank. <laughs> you know, it's just his so adventures yeah. where he's got to like fight tigers, tiger the tanks. You know, as I was watching that movie, I always wondered, does Germany make movies with Nazis where they like hold up and they defend <laughs> Germany. Uh, yeah, they they were called World War II propaganda. Yeah, I mean after World War II, I mean are they just still <laughs> so embarrassed by what they've did? They're pretty. That, yeah, uh, it's not a thing they like to talk about. Yeah, is, is my understanding. But, I don't think like when they do make like uh, before before the movie that we saw, um, they showed a clip from Downfall. Uh, mm-hmm. Is actually what they used for the like don't talk during the movie. So and that movie was made in Germany by Germans. It's all ca- it's all in German. Um, so that is a movie about World War Two, but it was also it was about how Hitler was a crazy pants and yeah. you know it was about the last days of World War Two. So that, uh, Aww, that, that, he's that, so cute. That's yeah. that's my son's like fake cry. Aww. <laughs> it's he's, cute. He's just he's cute. He's wearing his Peyton Manning jersey like me. Yeah, he's ready. I know. I. I spent too much money on it. It was twenty four bucks, but it was cute, so Man. I didn't. I didn't fucking care. Wow, it's like the size of, you know, like your computer one... screen. <laughs> I, it's smaller than that, even. Like it's just, it's just tiny. Yeah, but it's fun. I don't care. Yeah, 
me and my wife have money. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, if I was poor and, and it was between him getting diapers and a paid manning jersey, then I'd get the diapers. Well, part of the fun of having a kid is getting to spoil the shit out of him, right? which includes buying him tiny little adorable paid manning jerseys. <laughs> That's right. Ah. Um, but we also talk about box office numbers, things we've been watching, a comic books. So you have a comic book for me this week, James? Uh, maybe by the time we get there. No, if you don't, I got one as always. Okay, cool. Um, we also talk about things that are coming out and all that jazz. It's yeah. a movie podcast. Yeah, we're going to talk about things. Well, sometimes we sprinkle in video games. Like, I've been playing The Evil nonsense. Within, and you've been playing Lord of the Rings, Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, and some Alien Isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the, the Evil Within's pretty badass. It's, Is it? it? It feels like Resident Evil 4, but with way less ammo, and now you have to sneak and kill zombies. Yeah. Um. And it has is it a, all zombies or is it like no? It has a weird Silent Hill vibe to it. Where oh, okay, and I think the the title kind of gives away spoilers in the game. Oh, okay. Where I think it's actually all in this dude's head because he goes back and forth between reality and well perceived reality and this uh, hospital where you upgrade your abilities. Hmm. But the hospital's like from the thirties and. Um, and I don't know, at the beginning of the game, this isn't spoilers because it's like the first chapter, he goes and he's investigating this mass murder at a hospital. And while he's there, he kind of blacks out. And when he wakes up, he's running out of the hospital and the whole city is cr- crumbling behind him, yeah. which to me is like a metaphor for his mind, maybe. Yeah. Um, but there's some pretty scary parts in it. There's this butcher who's like killing people. And if he sees you, he'll chop your head off. And so you have to distract him and sneak around him. And it's like Metal Gear, but with Resident Evil <laughs> dropped in. Um, do yeah, uh, doesn't have that at all. That's pretty fun. Um, so between the two games, do you like Mordor or Isolation um, more? Isolation's cool, like aesthetically. Like they just nail what it like. They 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 made that game so that it looks like the original Nostromo, like the mm-hmm. first movie. So like the the computer screens are old monitors and that kind of stuff, um, which is really awesome. Um, and the alien, like I've been killed by the alien a couple times. It's kind of neat. Um, and, and then they've got so instead of having, uh, your your the ship you're on isn't a, a Wayland Yutani ship. It's this other company, and that other company decided, you know, that that robots that look like humans are a little bit too creepy. So instead, they use robots that, that look a little bit closer. They look a little bit more like the robots from from the iRobot, the Will Smith. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, which actually just means they're actually like a whole lot creepier. Remember when that came out in 3D and it's like the movie that was made for 3D. Right, yeah, even though it was like <laughs> five years after it was made and it was not made in 3D. Yeah. Um, so like so like they're really creepy mm-hmm. looking robots and they are just brutal. Um, and so if they catch you in a place you're not supposed to be, they will just beat the shit out of you. Um, oh, nice. Which that part's kind of so cool. So they're kind of like zombies, I guess? Um you could you could see them that way, yeah. yeah. So you're sneaking around them a lot, and then like sometimes you'll be sneaking around a robot, and then you won't realize like you maybe you didn't notice that there was like stuff dripping from the mm. ceiling, and you'll walk underneath a trap, and the alien will like reach down and grab you and kill you. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty fun. See, I, I was t- torn between that game and the Evil Within. I chose the Evil Within because I like Resident Evil so much. Yeah. Um. So maybe I'll wait till that game is out for a little bit. Maybe drop some price and. Shadows of Mordor, though, is pr- I, I've only played maybe an hour and a half of it. It's pretty awesome. Though. I heard it's pretty like, amazing. It's, it's like um, like like the Batman combat in an Assassin's Creed game, oh, which sweet. already is pretty awesome. And then you've got all these like orc captains, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that the idea is that 
I haven't run into this yet, but if you if you're fighting an orc captain and he gets away, he'll like level up and then and get some more minions and stuff like that, mm. and then he'll come and find you again. Um, or if you fight him and he kills you, like he'll level up from having killed you, and so it creates like this animosity or this. Nem- it's called the nemesis system, um, where that guy will just become more and more powerful That's and eventually cool. you'll have to fight him when he's like super badass, right? Uh, but so far I've I've killed like five of them. Just like I just ran into them <laughs> running around and I just killed like five different captains. So later on in the game you're going to go against a horde of like super orcs. <laughs> Maybe well no, those guys are dead. Like that's the thing is once if you kill them when they're weak then they they never mm. level or come back. Um so it's just funny that none of them have killed me or beat me yet. Mm. So I don't have any nemeses yet. <laughs> Maybe um, they're just easing you into it. Probably I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> uh but it's pretty it's it's really cool except that it takes place like uh, you know a few hundred years after the original. So like there's this there's this cool shot at the beginning where where they you know they're sort of doing this monologue and they're like, you know, Mount Doom is where blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And they show a shot of Mount Doom and it's like green and luscious and beautiful and you're like, holy shit, because it's Weird. way it's way after the yeah. end, right? Um, but then they say, you know, but Sauron is starting to come back. And, okay, Gollum is in the game, which, weird, because he's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm waiting for them to explain that. <laughs> and then um, the, the first time they did it was that uh, the the gates, the gates of Mordor mm-hmm. are there. And I was like, nope, nope, those are gone. Those <laughs> shouldn't be there. What they, are you doing? They rebuilt them. Yeah, like, wh- why, would you rebu- why would you rebuild those? <laughs> what are knows? you doing? Like, well, we should... We still need doors to maybe, this Maybe country. the hobbits didn't kill Gollum. Maybe. Maybe he didn't fall into the lava. Yeah. So is it the movie Gollum then, I'm guessing? It is. So yeah, it, it's, it's the same. I don't know if it's Andy Serkis. I, I don't think it is. I think it's just a different... It's somebody who sounds like him, yeah, but it's, it's but, modeled I mean, it's to modeled look... modeled after. Yeah, yeah, it's modeled to look like that. Um, and, you know, he does, he's got the same voice sounding... I'm actually getting really excited. It's not next week. I think it's in two weeks, the extended edition of... Desolation of Smog comes out. No, oh, yeah, because uh, it's like when I saw the Unexpected Dirt Journey after a year, and I rewatched it. I'm like, oh, that movie's actually pretty good. And yeah. so now I'm and that I liked Desolation more. I'm kind of waiting for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see how much stuff is in there and dig in because I haven't seen it since theaters because I didn't buy. Oh no, I did buy it. No, I've watched it. You, you bought Desolation of Smog? Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. remember, this is that thing where like I knowingly will yeah. double, will see, let them double. See, that's what me. I'm trying. I'm trying to decide if I want to do that for X Men. I really liked the movie. Yeah, I know. And the thing is, is they're releasing another cut of it, but it's called the Rogue Cut. So is that the only thing that's going to be on the Blu-ray? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I haven't bought I it yet. Ju- I should just get reason. it. It's like sixteen bucks right now. Oh yeah. And then I should rent the Rogue Cut. I'm sure it'll be on Amazon Instant Video. Or when the like, it's also one of those things where they're saying they're going to do it, but it could be like, um, it could be like, the whole bloody affair for Kill Bill, where it's like <laughs> yeah. a year and a half before they actually release it. Yeah. So we'll might, see. Might be better to just go ahead and bite the bullet because what it's like 10 bucks yeah. you know that you're really talking about because you're gonna end up trading in the old one to trade smart <laughs> yeah so right. it's like i should just get it yeah 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 me too um because the movie's Dude, really great i got uh so i got hannibal season two this i know week. you dropped off i'm really excited uh-huh. uh <laughs> I'm I watched, waiting for I fargo watched, <laughs> i watched a little bit of it and i was just gonna say so i got fargo this week too and it came with the coolest like blu-ray extra i've ha- ever, really? ever received what yeah is it? i didn't know it was coming it comes with a beanie like that says Fargo on really? it. Yeah, like it comes with a Fargo beanie. And you just ordered that on Amazon. Didn't know it came with it. I didn't know it came with it. It just showed up, and it was in this like this big Amazon box. I was like, why? What? <laughs> this should just be one Blu-ray. And when I open it up, there's this beanie inside. It was really weird. Nice. Actually, yeah. I have a funny story about something from Amazon. Um, so my Halloween four in my huge Halloween box set. Yeah, it, it looks cool. Um, 
there's a sync issue about 46 minutes into the movie where it's like off like a quarter of a second. Hmm. And it's not noticeable sometimes when people talk. The but, first one or? Uh, the fourth movie. Okay. So, but when there's like gunfire or sound effects, it's really far behind. So it's really kind of distracting. And I was like, man, will they just send me another disc? I was like, fuck it. I'll just email Amazon and ask them. Yeah. So I emailed Amazon and they're out of stock on it. So they're just going to give me the money back. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they said if I don't send this one back in 30 days, then they'll, then they'll, charge, you they'll charge you. But then I went back and I was just going to reorder it um, because I know they fixed the problem. So because it wasn't just mine, it was all of them. And oh, so wow. I uh, so I'm like, let's reorder it. And it's like a hundred and like 30 bucks. I'm like, what the fuck? So I emailed Amazon. I said, hey, I mean, it's cool that you're giving me the money back, but now I'm going to spend more money to get it back. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. Just tell us and we'll pay you the money and we'll ship it the next day. It's Holy like, shit. Right. Well, good job, Amazon. Yeah. That's so Amazon funny. will always take care of you. I've only so, had a couple issues with them. So the whole collection, the original printing of the collection, they're all messed yeah. up like that? Oh, yeah, that and it's sucks. so funny. I did that with Amazon, and I happened to go to Digital Bits, and in part of their news was, oh, if you just email Scream Factory, they'll send you a new disc for Oh, there you <laughs> go. Free. Oh, okay, cool. Um, well, that's, that's a good solution. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll probably just return that one and just get the, and yeah, I'll check you, it you to You see already if it did works. all that work yeah. with Amazon, yeah. But if it doesn't, then I'll just email Scream Factory, and they'll give me another one. Yeah. Um, Man, that sucks. Yeah, it must have been something with the coding of it or something because yeah, especially for like a, a company like that that's just getting big and and being successful, you know, selling cult Blu-rays mm-hmm. that that could really hurt. It's really cool about Scream Factory if you follow them. Um, they always have all these movies that they're working on and they give you the updates on them. And uh, one of the movies they had coming out, I forget the name of it, but it's a really obscure like seventies horror movie. And for some reason, they couldn't get like a good print of it, and so they just canceled the title and told everybody they couldn't get a good print, and they didn't want to release an inferior product. Wow. And so they just canceled the whole thing. I mean, too bad that they can't get a good product, but that's, yeah, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's good, it's good that they are that you know married to quality. But anyways, what do you want to do first, James? I don't know. Um, how about some... How you know, We're talking about Blu-ray releases. Why don't we do that first? Sure. Sounds good. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Oh, I got something coming this week. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I do. I have a couple things, actually, I think, this week. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Snowpiercer comes out this week on uh, on Blu-ray. Oh, speaking so of which, have you ever chance? been to... Sorry to interrupt. Have you been there to you Blu-ray.com? No, what is that? It's a huge site that does nothing but Blu-ray reviews and releases. Yeah. It's like digital bits, but only for Blu-rays. It's really cool. And they have an app, which I've done, and you can scan all your Blu-rays in, and it keeps track of them for you, and mm. like... That's so masturbatory. It is. It's like, awesome. <laughs> so Blu-ray.com is a cool website. That's pretty cool. That's pretty uh, cool. But the Snowpiercer got a really high review on it because it has great special features, Does I said. It? Oh, that's cool. Because that, that is one of the things. I think I remember us even talking about that, that mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see some of the special features on that when, well, when it released. I'm getting it, James. After I watch it, you're more than welcome to. Uh, I will probably get it, too. Cool. Just, yeah. Uh, I probably won't be getting the Purge Anarchy, yeah, but may, uh, if may, you're a fan of the Purge, time. then... <laughs> then that's a thing you can get this week. Something called Earth to Echo. That's Dude. that found footage of the alien thing, which looked interesting. Um, it's filmed with like a bunch of kids. It's found uh, actual found footage of somebody with an alien? I wish. Then it'd be really cool. Then it'd be a show on the on the History Channel, Searching for Echo. <laughs> uh, is it like a um, is it like kids find an alien? Is it yeah. Like, is it like, like Starman? Or? Yeah, basically. I, I heard it's a cross between E.T. and Flight of the Navigator. Oh, okay. I like one of those movies. Yeah, they're both pretty good. Yes, they E.T.'s, are both good E.T.'s better, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the other side is, uh, is Sex Tape. 
have no desire to see that, and I love Jason Siegel. Their their privates have gone public, is the tagline. Get it? Yeah, I like Jason Siegel too. I don't um, like Cameron Diaz though. I I'll, t- I I'll talk about her this week. I I I don't have a problem with Cameron Diaz because I have I like a new uh, person I'm be watching all their movies, mm. which I've already seen most of them. But I'm gonna like, is, it, is it Cameron Diaz? Yes, it's Cameron Diaz. <laughs> I'm gonna watch all the Cameron Diaz movies. Um, the final season, well, the first half of the final season That's a cool of, cover, yeah. of uh, Mad Men comes out this week. Uh, yeah, That's yeah, awesome. it is really cool because they took you don't like Mad Men, but they took you know the original Mad Men, and then because yeah. they're getting into the early. Um, 70s through that, that cool. cool painting in the background. It's pretty neat. Um, Alice Cooper raised the dead. Nice. I saw him live with Marilyn Manson with my wife. Did you really? Yeah, he's not bad. Alice Cooper's cool. I yeah, I like. I don't listen to Alice Cooper, but I like him as a person. Yeah, like you know, see him in interviews, and he's like, "You are, you are totally aware of like, oh yeah, who you, like he's just so comfortable. Uh, but he, not he's be. not still yeah, he's not like still putting on some kind of an act or anything yeah. like that. Like he's just yeah, I'm Alice Cooper. Yeah. I mean, the show is really cool. You had tons of theatrics. I'd recommend go seeing them. Cool. Uh, there's a movie called The Squad, which is from Shout Factory, coming out this week. I don't uh, know what No it idea is, what it is. Some it kind looks of... like some dude's terrified to be fighting. Yeah. Uh, What's the tagline? In the war. Uh, something something is... is out there. Okay, so, so it's probably great. a war thing where there's a monster. Great, right. Yeah, great tagline. <laughs> really descriptive. Um, wrong turn six, last resort. <laughs> it's so funny. I saw I this. I knew you'd like this one. I saw this like last week, and I told my wife, I'm like, I cannot believe... They're making another fucking one of these. Uh-huh. And she said, there's six of them? I said, that means... Okay, so, I mean, what do you think those, the budget of those movies are? Two to three million dollars would be my guess. At best, yes. My guess is two to three million dollars. That means they make enough money to continuously make them. Mm-hmm. And the fifth one, I saw because it was a big, long-running joke when we went to Telluride Horror Show a couple years ago. Right. Because they, they had all these posters yeah. and nobody gave nobody a shit took about them. them. And so I watched it. It was awful. In fact, I think it was the worst movie of the year I had. I think it was, yeah. When I you did put my it over, list. Um, like, <laughs> even though we saw Creature that year, yeah. I think that you put it underneath yep. Creature. Or yep. Twilight. Twilight, yeah. So because at least Twilight had Billy Burke in it where he right. knew. You know, like he knew he was in a shitty movie and he acted <laughs> like he was in a shitty movie. Oh, Billy um, Burke. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, yeah. So this six. is your chance to see Wrong Turn Six, which I feel like has the exact same cover of all the other Wrong. Pretty turns. much, it has some dude with a knife and then some like half naked chick bloodied. Yep, yep. And then the unrated that the exact same un- unrated font. And do they really um, need to put unrated when it's direct to Blu-ray? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah well, it's just they want to show off the fact they didn't spend any money having the the. Uh, uh, MPAA, like, actually, let's take a look at it. So I know, or dude, it would be cool if like some big director, Spielberg, Raimi, uh, Christopher Nolan, decided not to put a rating on their movie and just released it and see how well it would do. Yeah, <sighs> that'd be awesome if they did that. That would be cool. But theaters won't show it. <laughs> on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, uh, La Dolce Vita nice. is coming out with on, uh, on Criterion this week, um, which I've never seen. So now it's probably a good chance for me to check it out. Uh, Life after Beth, which is, I actually really like the trailer for this movie, so I might check this out. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize. I must have like gone to theaters and then gone straight to, uh, straight to DVD. So it's an Aubrey Plaza zombie romance. Yeah, yeah. It's like the the opposite of uh, Warm Bodies. Yeah, where the the girl is a zombie, but she's like, she is more like she's dead, but she is more. Yeah. Thinking, like, she's still talking and stuff. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I want to see it, too. I'm glad that it's out. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Bob <laughs> Ross' Seascape with Lighthouse is our very last release of this yeah, week. So, yeah, pick up so Bob Ross. He's been dead for 25 paint. years. 
I used to uh, in in high school. We used to go to my house and watch some Bob Ross in the afternoon. Um, just like me and my friends, we were weird. No, I think everybody watched Bob Ross at one point. I loved Bob Ross. Yeah, he did. He didn't hurt anybody. No, right? no, no, no. Cool. That's uh, that's this week. Cool. This is what was the number one movie at the box office. This is the box office stats. It was hard this week because, you know, Box Office Mojo shut down for a little bit. Yeah. What was going on with that? Did they ever say anything? They never said anything. Hmm. Maybe a problem with the servers or something. Yeah, probably. Uh, n- uh, Gone Girl repeated with $26 million. Uh-huh. Um, I saw it this week, so I'll talk about it a little later. Oh, good. Um, cool, cool. The movie we saw, The Judge, did 15? Uh, 13. I'm 13? saying 13, yeah. Um, which is another movie that's probably going to have long legs. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it um, might not make a ton of money, but it's still a good movie. You should go check it out. And it's interesting. Shoot, I just moved away from the page because I wanted to look at something else. But they, um, uh, like, my my folks were going to go see it the other night, and it was completely sold out at the Alamo, hmm. or, or at least really close to sold out. Um, yeah, so I think it it's could one of those movies because, you know, it skews older, so people don't yeah. rush out to see it. So yeah. it's probably going to be I I hanging mean, out for a while. Yeah, it's it's in 3,000 theaters, so it's not like it's it's a soft release or anything. But anyway... Um, it'd be nice if we were doing better because it's surprising to me that like Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day is doing so well. It's got some great actors in mm-hmm. it, but that trailer just to me looks yeah. like you know, it tells but, you the whole movie. And it's you know placating to kids, not us. I guess so. Yeah, maybe, maybe my <laughs> son will really like like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I will. I really laugh every time I look at my Blu-ray collection. I have three levels of Disney, and then like four of horror so right the two that i have the most of are disney and horror yeah but yeah. it's all right well you'll get him through the first 10 years and then the yeah. rest will get him through the, the next yeah right right sweet um hey real news okay it's real news a lot of stuff this week so we'll just like We'll bounce around and talk cool. about all of the different things that are going on. Cool, cool. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is going to host the Oscars this year. That's a good choice. Yeah, it is. I think he'll be really good. Um, not not bad at all. No, he's always really entertaining and yeah, yeah, yeah. makes makes a lot of sense because I think he could be genuinely funny and yeah, entertaining. I think I was while... reading a thing where he's hosted like six Tonys and three yeah. Emmys or something. Yeah, he's so he's going to some... know what to do. And yeah, totally. Um, big news this week though is that it was announced that HBO next year is going to allow people to buy uh, or subscribe to HBO Go without subscribing to cable, uh, which is like not the first nail and not the last nail, but it is one of the nails in the coffin of the way that we we consume television now. Um, we're starting to see some of the premium cable people switch over to allow people to well, they just, should be doing just that get stuff all a car. Because, oh, oh, totally. You know, that's the thing that always irked me with... Uh, my cable right now is I have 57 channels, I don't know, it's a guess, that I don't even flip to. Right. Like, after, I think, uh, um, 198 is, like, the sci-fi channel or Discovery Science or whatever, mm-hmm. after there, I never scroll up anymore because yeah. it's 20 channels of, like, Christian stuff, 20 channels of shopping. Right. They should let you pick the channels you want. Yeah, and then, like, you know, the channels that don't get enough support to stick around, then... They gotta sort of compete and figure out how to make content that makes people want to come watch them. But there's all these channels that just sort of exist, but don't really 
do anything or are just selling stuff to people or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's weird. Uh, Dan got my roommate got HBO for free because he called Comcast and like complained about something mm-hmm. and they just gave him a year of HBO for free, nice. which, yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, but we don't use that. We just use the HBO go app on the Xbox mm-hmm. when we want to watch like leftovers or something like sure. that. So, I would gladly subscribe to just HBO Go. Yeah, I mean, how um, much do they say how much it's going to be a month? No, I don't. I don't think they've probably said ten yet, bucks. Uh, even if it's, I mean, it's one of those things they can play around with it for a while, like have specials and stuff like that. They're going to make a lot of money doing this um, because, like, I could convince my parents to buy HBO Go because um, you know the way it works with with HBO Go, you get like everything in their catalog, so it almost becomes stupid not to have it because it's like, oh well. You know, this month, th- like there was like a year ago, my parents were were toying around with watching Deadwood, which mm-hmm. they would never have enjoyed Deadwood because they say cocksucker way too much. Yeah. Um, but still, like if you were sitting there thinking like, oh man, I'd really wa- like to watch through Deadwood, it would like price wise, it would make sense for you I mean, to just subscribe exactly. to HBO Go and I mean, have it. In your case, would you ever have watched New Girl on TV? But that you can stream it, you're like, oh, oh, fuck, totally. I gotta watch it. Exactly. No, I never would have like so gone those, out of my way to watch New Girl. If those options are available on HBO, nor, nor should most people. But yeah. I'm still watching it. Almost done with all three seasons. Nice. Um, yeah, and then uh, sort of to dovetail with that is that CBS is also introducing their own streaming ver- uh, uh, system like that. Um, so I, I just feel like we're starting to, and probably next year you will begin to see a real shift in. The way that we think about consuming television and that that sort of cutting the cable is going to be... I mean, it it already is a totally viable thing now, but if you're somebody like us who really likes to be up on the television that's coming out right now... I think it's going to be a lot more viable option. Yeah, and it makes more sense. Totally. Just just make it so you can watch it. Yeah, because I would gladly just pay for the content. I don't... But the content doesn't come to me the way that I want it to. Yeah. You know, like, I don't... I, I work... 12 hours a day when i get home i i start watching tv while i eat and i don't necessarily start watching at the top of the hour and or and the or thing. in the room yeah. where i have a dvr or you know and things with like hbo those are shows you have to pay attention to you just yeah. can't you know have it on in the background or something yeah um, so yeah and especially for the premium guys where they're not making their money on advertising anyway like it just makes sense like you gotta go if you want to make money in today's market, you've got to go wherever the audience is, and the audience is on the internet. Yeah. Um, so, it because makes now how much I love physical things, it's just not the way it is anymore. Yeah. Physical things are going to be for the collectors like me. Yeah. But and it'll still be there. Yeah. Like I'll I'll still be the same way. Where you know, just recently I almost bought like a couple of seasons of of Dexter that I may not watch really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that show, but the idea that I'm going to sit down and like put in a Blu-ray and watch Dexter is, seems a little bit weird to me. Um, but I just like having those things, especially yeah. when I love a show. I like to no, me too. to be able to put it on my shelf and know that I have it and that kind of stuff. Um, that's still going to be available. It's just this allows allows you to get your content to a much wider market. Yep. Um, cool. Uh, Sam Raimi is going to direct a movie called Love May Fail, which is from the guy who wrote the Silver Linings Playbook. The original novel, very cool. Um, which is interesting. Did you read much about this? No, I didn't even know. I didn't. Even, you're, you tell me about it. It's the first I heard about it. Okay. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know much about the story, but it sounds like it's him going more in a um, uh, for love of the game direction, where he's going to direct something that's not that makes sense, not slapsticky or 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 um, horrific 
or you know big and bombastic or anything like no, that. It so. makes sense. He did that, you know, for a little bit in the middle part of his career when he did a simple plan and mm-hmm. and for the love of the game. So it, he's still a great storyteller. So I'm sure it'll still be a great movie. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like just the idea of of somebody like him taking a, a a left turn and doing something different for a little while is always interesting. Um, and then we got we got a whole lot of superhero stuff to talk about. Yeah, this one makes me excited. Um, <laughs> so we'll just bounce around to all the different things that happened this week. There's a lot of chatter about who's going to play Doctor Strange. Nothing is cast, and we don't really talk about that stuff very it often. It doesn't matter yet. Yeah, but m- almost all of the options they have, to me, make a lot of sense yeah. and are cool. Um, I, I think I'm see, in I a, guess, I like Ewan McGregor. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, he's probably my favorite of the people they've said so far, just because... Um, he's a little bit outside the normal wheelhouse for a for a superhero movie in my mind. Um, but the other thing that's been there's been a lot of chatter about is the idea that Captain America three is going to be uh, a Civil War storyline. Um, I think it's actually a great idea. I do too. And two, you know, they keep on saying Iron Man, but I bet it's only Tony Stark that's going to be in Captain America three because if, if it's a build up for Avengers three, which is going to be Civil War, right? See now, okay. This is this is my fanboy. Wait, wait, wait. T- so you're saying you're saying that Avengers three is going to be Civil War? Yeah. So here's and then because they're going to so then when they're three and four is like filming back to back. Yeah, yeah. So you make Civil War and then Thanos comes down when the heroes are divided and wants to take them out and they have to band together again to finish them. Ah, oh, that would be pretty cool. So here's my thing though. I was talking to Andrew about this yesterday. Like, all right. Um, so remember that too. Sony and Marvel are trying to work out to get Spider-Man mm-hmm. into who the, is a very important he part is of the second most important character in Civil War because he makes the decision that he's going to reveal his identity to the world, and when he finds out what it does and how Iron Man treats everybody, mm. he goes to Captain America's side. So he's like the guy. He's yeah. He's the he's, flip-flopper. He's a flip-flopper. So he's an integral part. Of advancing the story, yeah. um, and I think Civil War actually lends itself really well cin- cinematically. Yeah, um, like a lot of Mark M- Miller's uh, big stories. Yeah. Um, I think the ending's a little bit of a downer. Um, hopefully, they. Uh, yeah, but if that's where you end the the oh, first part, dude. and then and then Thanos comes in, and you're just like, oh yeah. my! I won't gosh. spoil how Civil War ends. You can pick up the trade paperback at Comic yeah. Coins, Cards, and Comics for twenty percent off. Most people know that it happened, but don't necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, dude. It'd be so good. And then you, could, then you could tie in Captain America 25 to it. And I feel like, so I was going to say that I feel like you would be sort of blowing your load as far as like the gr- some of the great stories you could tell in a Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, at that point, a lot of your characters and actors are going to be in a place where you're going to need to start changing them out anyway. Um, so you're going to kind of need to take a break, start building a new team you know, move away from your Iron Man's and your Captain America's and some of those guys anyway. So it kind of makes sense to to tell those stories and then take a couple of years where you're building, where you're focusing on other characters, you know, uh, other superheroes that we haven't seen a lot and of. And it's such a great story. Anytime you have Captain America challenge America, I think it's a great story. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's why well, part of why a lot of people liked Winter Soldier this time. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm all for it. And I don't know if Iron Man's actually being, I'm going to say it's just Tony Stark. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure Iron Man will show up, but yeah, it makes sense to me if Tony Stark was in it. Yeah, it, it, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, um, but I will say that if they if they if they drag out the Thanos story beyond Avengers three, I think they're I, well beyond a, an Avengers three and four film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're probably making a mistake. Or what if like Thanos if, like, is just the bad guy in Guardians two though? That'd be cool, I guess. Um, 
It does, yeah. I don't know. The Guardian. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I want all of that to tie. Like, you want... No, they can't do that. The, the, <laughs> the payoff has to be the Avengers fighting Thanos, right? With the Guardians there. Sure. Right? Like, you've got to have all of that together. Um because especially if you and then you have you, Peter Quill come out, it's like somebody call backup while they're fighting Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, oh it's too cool. Uh, and then we got a whole lot of okay. So there's there's rumors about Robin in uh, Batman and Superman, mm-hmm. um, which I had a dream this week that I was I was the Batman, um, which was a pretty cool dream. Except nice. that there was also I was the Batman in Batman and Superman, so I was fighting Superman for a while. And there was an audience in my dream, and they were all fairly disappointed. <laughs> um, so that, that tells you something about how I think. Um, but it was pretty cool. Nice. I played Superman for a while. But anyway, uh, Robin was not in my dream, but might be in the movie and might be a girl. Cool. Which I'm cool with. Um, but it, it makes a lot of sense because Zack Snyder years and years ago said like his dream would be to make The Dark Knight Returns. And at every turn, he has made this movie more and more yeah. The Dark Knight Returns, yeah, right? Like, from from casting Ben Affleck to um, just having the, the, the Batmobile be a bit more militaristic and mm-hmm. then this chatter, like, it just makes a lot of sense that that's what yep. they would do. Um, and I think, you know, I think you could do a cool Robin. I think you could. You could. If... if uh, Especially in a movie that's going to be mostly shit anyway. Like <laughs> you might no. Now I'm just being mean. Um, in this universe that they are creating with this Superman and that kind of stuff, like I, I think you could pull it off. I think so too. Um, and then we've got this long list of all the movies coming out over the next few years. Yeah, it's it's. Here's the thing. It, oh, we're talking about DC, by the way. Yes. Here's the thing with DC's movie chart, and I understand that they see the success of Disney and Marvel, and. But the thing is, is Marvel established all this stuff mm-hmm. in previous movies. I want it to work because I I think they're fun movies, but I, I still have that reservation about it. If you're just trying to shoehorn heroes and villains in just so you can... Yeah, it, um, it feels like, well, if we lay out a plan, then it'll all just fall into place. Yeah. And that's not... Like, as much as that's how it feels like Marvel did it, you know, I don't know that when they... When they sat down and they made Iron Man two, they did, or they, and they made Iron Man, they did not know, hey, and then we'll do a Captain movie, and then we'll do Winter Soldier after that. Like they yeah. didn't have it; they knew what things they'd like to do, but they had to focus on getting Iron Man right and making well, Iron Man cool. And here's and, the... and that's what like Warner Brothers could have done that with with Green Lantern, and they fucked it up, and they have not successfully made any of those characters like like transcend what what the modern um, culture thinks about them. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, too, is if you listen to Kevin Feige and uh, what he says is while they're shooting the movies, they're still trying to figure out how to connect them. Right. So they shoot the they shoot the bulk of the movie, and they know what they're going to do, but they said, well, how can we make this work? I, it's interesting. I just read an interview with John Favreau from 2008, and I got this really cool, like, big superhero thing from Sci-Fi Now. It's a publication in the uk and he talks about he said i think we want to do an avengers movie so we might put something in there to connect the movies to avengers right and that means they shot the movie and like, hey, can we get um samuel jackson to be nick fury at the end and just say it's called the avengers initiative right and that's all they did and they didn't know yep and it worked yep um so we'll see and then they just started like laying the seeds for some of this stuff and okay so some of the movies they've got on here i think could be neat um, so, for example, they've got Suicide Squad basically as the second movie, which just to me, 
proves that they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Well, the thing, too, but, is they don't put Harley Quinn in it. Like, oh, oh, really? Yeah, it's not Harley Quinn. So they're taking the what, least, the most popular person, and they're what using... The f- who, it, the, who the fuck cares? It's the original lineup. I, I don't give a exactly. shit. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Do not give... Like, did they did they use the original lineup for Guardians of the Galaxy? Fuck no. They no, used the one with a raccoon and a tree in it, because that's the shit people care about. Like, yeah. Harley Quinn is one of the most interesting characters that they have, and... Like really? Yeah, and it's like, interesting that they don't use her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like, because on this list, that is the movie I'm actually most interested in. I don't give a shit about the Flash. Uh, I don't give a shit about an Aquaman movie. I don't give a shit about them rebooting Green Lantern like eight years from now. Uh, don't give a shit about Cyborg. I know that's a weird one too. Like, yeah. Though those are the characters I, I they know. should be starting with. Yeah, and th- here's like, the thing: if, is I don't. When I play, like, Injustice and stuff or anything, I'm not a big fan of the Teen Titans. Yeah. So I can't get into Cyborg. And I, I, I know he's popular, I don't, but I don't know anything about him, and he doesn't appeal to me. I've, I've said it a million times over the last few years. The right way for them to do it, and Green Lantern was their first chance, but the right way for them to do it is to go get a character that isn't commonly understood in the lexicon or in the, in the, in the pop culture and redefine that character to some degree, make them really cool, um, make them f- make make it just a fun adventure movie, and that is the way to to, yeah. to start this universe. Uh, Not Iron with Man. a yeah, like Iron Man. So Cyborg might have been the way to do it, yeah. or Shazam might have been the way to do it, or a movie that is just the story of like Robin, like mm-hmm. tell tell the Batman story from Robin's point of view, or um, like. Uh, Wonder Woman was one that for a long time I said the right way to start that universe would be to go get Wonder Woman, tell her, uh, tell a really cool origin story for Wonder Woman who makes Wonder Woman a badass and an interesting character in all the ways that most people don't understand, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like your wife has Wonder Woman cookie jars and all this stuff, but has never read Wonder Woman, does not actually know much about Wonder Woman. It's funny thing is, is I got the new 52 Wonder Woman for her because she wanted to. She's never opened any of them. Right. Then there's plenty of people who like Wonder Woman but don't actually know anything about the story. Like, that's a great way to start that universe. A movie where Batman fights Superman is not the right way to make people interested in... Because those characters have been beaten to death for so long. And And Here's the thing. You're right. Um, There's been some rumblings because the Spider-Gwen story is so popular that Marvel and Sony are actually looking into retelling Spider-Man's origin... Right. But have Emma Stone be the one who gets bit by the spider and have it a spider girl. That sounds fucking cool to me. Sure. I don't give a shit. Like, we have <laughs> the original stories. Like, we, you know, um, comic book fans have proven that, you know, while, while they'll be a little bit bitchy about certain things, I think that they've, for the most part, proven that you can, as long as you tell a really cool story, they don't necessarily give a shit if yep. you if you play with the characters a little bit. Yeah, because the know? trolls on the internet... Aren't, doesn't matter. Right. You yeah, take don't someone, pay attention to those. Because remember when Spider-Man and Peter Parker in the first one was organic webs? Right. Oh, that's so stupid. Right. And Sam Raimi's like, you know, this is my vision. You know, I just don't want to spend time sh- showing the mechanical ones. Right. No one Didn't cares. Matter. Yeah. Like most people, the, the vast majority of people who saw that first movie liked it and did not give a shit about that because the truth is the fun of the scene when he's trying to figure out how to use his web shooters is way better than a scene where he's sitting in his room trying to make web shooters. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I'm interested. I'm to very see... disappointed to find out that Suicide Squad does not have I know. Harley Quinn in it because that, to me, again, was 
that was the one where I was like, oh, cool. Like, I don't know why they just don't take the new lineup. Why don't they put the Joker's daughter in there? Do all this yeah, goofy stuff? Because you're right. Because the Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, I have Marvel team ups with Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider Man. The first Guardians of the Galaxy team is boring. I'd rather have flawed characters like Peter Quill and yeah. Rocket Raccoon and right. Um, yeah, like oh, man, that's such a disappointment. Especially after that Assault on Arkham movie this year was so good. Yeah. Like, you could just make a live-action version of that and give it you to could. people, and they would be totally bet down with it. Plus, and it, how many it allows... people would be excited to see Harley Quinn? Right. And they it allows them to take advantage of the fact that the, the, the DC universe has a much darker, especially in their villains, it's just a much darker universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you tell a dark Suicide Squad story. That would be so cool. You know? What if you made it rated R? Yeah. Man. Take chances. Yeah. But that's the only way I think DC is going to be able to recover. It's so, yeah. They they are just, it feels like they're setting themselves up for failure. Um, The only way that this actually makes it all the way to 2012 or 2020 in my mind is if they keep the budget so low on these movies that internationally they always make their money back. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, I I hope they work out. But, you know, just looking at the thing, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But we'll see. And it'll be... It'll be interesting to see, like, you know, Gal Gadot is going to be Wonder Woman in this new one. I hope she's great. Mm-hmm. I hope she's really great. I hope that she is so good that they can launch that whole that character and have her have her own movie in a few years, and that sounds good to me. But as a huge fan of Fast Five, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. The one person I, who didn't do it for me. I was don't Gal Gadot. know. No, 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 no. That's not fair. Like she's she's good. She's good. She's just good in Fast Five. <laughs> so, um, anyway, and uh, Warwick Davis is going to be in, in the next Star Wars movie. Hey, I saw a movie with Warwick Davis this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, well, let's get into that. Cool. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. So, I watched a few things. I, I some, Sometimes there's things in your life that are surreal, James, like surreal moments in your life. Okay. Um, and the Leprechaun Collection came out on Blu-ray. <laughs> okay. And here, here's the thing. Not following yet? So that they took these oh, totally B movies, maybe C movies, and not only did they make them on Blu-ray, but they made them all widescreen again, Ooh. and they cleaned them all up, and each movie has like a 30-minute making of it. And, and the, each box, mo- the box set's really awesome looking. Yeah, and it, they each have like interviews and... Uh, commentaries with warwick davis um wow and the the movies look really good on blu-ray i haven't seen the new one yet which is leprechaun origins um so i, I don't know i can't i can't speak for the new one uh, but i still have fun watching the old ones because the thing is is warwick davis is really good in them he hmm. just has fun he realizes what he's doing and he's just playing the part i i was listening to the commentary with him and I guess originally the Leprechaun was a lot more uh, sinister. And he kind of brought this uh, whimsy about him, saying yeah. evil things and doing evil things. But the way he delivered the lines and made him a little more goofy. And... He kind of plays it like a uh, like a Mark Hamill Joker. Exactly. That's a great analogy. Because he's menacing. He's, he's menacing. But at the same time, you throw shoes at him and he has to polish the shoes, polish the shoes and... Um, you know there's parts where he's riding a skateboard and sticking his tongue out and so yeah it's violent and stuff but i think how well warwick and he's a great actor the way he's able to play it 
makes them I think that's why they're so popular honestly is his performances performances in them alone yeah because the rest of the actors are <laughs> I think what you're saying is that without him they oh. never would have made it to the hood yeah <laughs> or even back to the hood yeah that's why I haven't <laughs> watched Leprechaun have Origins because he's not in it one and really? two I heard it's like a creature feature where the leprechaun is more of a creature what? than someone who says I want me gold. So I'm not really that excited to see it. Oh, that's disappointing. Um, but the reason I got the Leprechaun collection, because on Amazon it was $22 for all seven of them. Or Leprechaun Origin was like... There's fucking seven of them? Yeah. Or Leprechaun oh. Origin was like 19 bucks on its own. But Leprechaun Holy Origin shit. is included. Yeah. And this is how lazy the box art is for it, though, and how much they didn't care. You flip it over, and it has all the Leprechauns, and then Leprechaun Origin says DVD and... Uh, uv on it I'm like they didn't even put it in blu-ray on the blu-ray collection oh wow but when you open it it's a blu-ray disc on the inside oh, so weird. what they did is someone probably is like eh, i'm just gonna clip art this on there and <laughs> i don't care oh, that's too bad because yeah i saw it uh i saw it online and just that cover yeah. with uh with warwick davis is really cool looking and i know it's selling well because i was at best buy the uh last week and it doesn't have the slip cover anymore huh. so that means they've already burned through their initial yeah but the thing is, it's you know I think it's thirty bucks now. But you get seven movies. They're not, yeah, they're, they're fun. Yeah. And I'm just impressed that they each have a making of and they each have a commentary on them. Wow, which blows my mind. Uh, is there a Warwick Davis commentary on every yep. single one? Uh, no, it's on. He's on well, the first for, one. Oh, okay, and the last Leprechaun in the Hood. So, uh, but he's really fun how in many, the interviews. How many times does he go to the Hood? I thought there twice. were only like three. Okay, twice. He goes to space and then he goes to the Hood twice. Oh, he goes to space before he goes to the yeah. hood? I thought he went to the hood and then he went to space. No. And then he went back to the hood. It goes, Leprechaun 1 is he fights Jennifer Aniston. Right. And you can tell she's actually a pretty good actress. And you can see. Oh, yeah. Like, people like that, you can actually see that they're going to go someplace. You right. know what I mean? She's got that charisma. She does. Um, yeah, and then the second one, he... I forget what he does in the second one. He's, like, in Hollywood and it's, like, a haunted tour. Third one's in Vegas. Fourth one's in space. There's a Vegas one. Yeah. Fifth wow. one, is he's in the hood with ice cube right oh ice tea ice tea i'm sorry right um and then he raps at the end <laughs> and, uh, shit the last one is he's in the hood again with i don't know but the last one has four commentaries on it <laughs> <laughs> i know i was like wow but that's oh, why i mean like wow. someone actually spent time yeah to... Com- so there are people who really care about the leprechaun movies i i was listening to the commentary and the director said the leprechaun came out when it was like directed video Right. But the first one was released in theaters, and it made like $10 million in the theater, and it cost $2 million to make, so that's a pretty good profit. But then they found that Blockbuster, remember at the time, Blockbuster movies, you worked at there yep. a little bit after that, but to get a movie like that was, what, 70 80 bucks, mm-hmm. And they had like 4 million copies sold. So each one of those movies made like $30 million. Wow. So Oh, yeah, because there were always Leprechaun movies in stock. Yep. Um, like that's how I, you know, I remember when I was a kid going through blockbusters and seeing like Leprechaun in the hood and just thinking, really? <laughs> like, even then, like I was, I was like ten, and I still <laughs> would see it and go, Re- really? Mm-hmm. Like, like, is that a title? But if each movie costs two million dollars, you're making thirty million dollars a movie. You're making quite a bit of money. Yeah, seriously, man. So yeah, that so that sense. was fun. I watched that this week. Um, I watched the first three episodes of Penny Dreadful, which is that. Uh, horror show on showtime that yeah. stars ava green and josh hartnett um, what is it about it's a it's actually kind of interesting uh 
Timothy Dalton and Ava Green play these people that are looking for Timothy Dalton's daughter. Again, I've only seen the first three episodes, so I'm right. not exactly sure what happens. Um, and Josh Hartnett plays an American who's touring in England and is doing like a Wild West show. And they need help uh, finding his daughter who's been kidnapped by some monster. I don't know who it is yet. And there's vampires and Dorian Gray and Frankenstein's in it. So they take cool. a bunch of old literary characters and kind of blend them in. And um, the the basis behind it is if people don't know what a penny dreadful is, is in Victorian London, you'd pay a penny and you'd get a little magazine. And in it, it'd have little shock stories. Like, oh, okay. this dead guy got up and walked. What? And they called them Penny Dreadfuls. Yeah. And so this show kind of plays on that where it's uh, grimy England and there's monsters around. And uh, the second episode features an, an amazing performance by Ava Green. Um, they have a seance, which is... Do you mean she gets naked? No, she doesn't. Oh, okay. Um, I wish. Uh, but they have a seance and she gets possessed by some demon. And she has this really long monologue and it's pretty terrifying and she's really good in it. Cool. Um it's interesting because the back of it says erotically charged. And I think there's, I've seen two sex scenes and not even like tons of nudity. Which is weird for Showtime. Yeah. And, and Ava Green. Yeah. I mean, she, Ava Green gets possessed by this monster and then she goes out and has sex with the guy, but there's no nudity and it's kind of blurry in the background. What? So, um, yeah, I mean, there is like, there's butt nudity. But this, is from the, this is from the same channel that made Dexter and would just like bizarrely throw in new. I've told the story about the time where he's like wandering around in a neighborhood and for whatever reason there is like a, a naked couple in through a window having sex that has nothing to do with that episode mm-hmm. because Showtime just loves throwing that stuff in there and HBO all of them do yeah it's but. it's yeah so I mean yeah I mean I guess it's kind of like a I mean, it might get worse as the series yeah. goes along I mean maybe they're just setting up the series um, but I don't think it's right now I don't think it's gratuitous um, cool but it's cool. interesting and like the special effects like the monsters are pretty cool because it's practical. Um, so it's pretty gory, neat. but it's, I would say it's more of a drama with horror elements into it because they don't really focus on the monsters. It's all about these characters and they all kind of have shady paths. It's, it's pretty interesting. I, I mean, the first three episodes, I'd recommend it. Um, we'll see is it's only eight episodes long, so it's kind of a short season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so Very we'll cool. see about that one. Uh, the new one that I'm going to start of watching all this performers movies and I've already seen most of them is Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, what really got me on it, I think I mentioned it last week, was I heard his interview on The Nerdist, and he just made me get so inspired. Because um, he, what's really cool is I think there's this misconception of Tom Cruise. I really do. Um, my, my wife has it where she thinks she doesn't like his movies because he doesn't like how he is in real life. Yeah. And I said, well, how do you know what he's like in real life? You know, she said, well, when he was on Oprah, he jumped on a couch. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's goofy, and his Scientology recruitment video is goofy. Right. But. His movies are real good. Yeah, and like I wish he didn't give money to organizations that kill people, but yeah, like uh, I mean, his movies science, are real. The good. The Scientology thing's weird. Yeah, but to me, it, I don't care. I'm, I'm sure people will see me and they're like, "Oh, he collects Disney memorabilia. What a weirdo!" Right. Um, everybody has seriously. A thing. Yeah, everybody has a thing. <laughs> um, but listening to him talk with Chris Hardwick and how he just gets inspired, and he they said, "Well, what do you do? You know, is it hard for you?" Because they were talking about Edge of Tomorrow, and you know, because you're being physical and you're running in that exoskeleton. And said, so, and they asked if it's hard for him to unwind. And how is he unwind? You just go back to your hotel and collapse. And he said, no, what I do is I go back and I look at the next three movies I'm going to make. What am I going to do? How am I going to make these movies great? How am I going to make these movies cool? Hmm. Um, he said, 
uh, a movie like Rain Man, he was developing for seven years. And that's like when he was even oh. like before he was super big. Yeah. I mean, he was still a popular actor, but he worked on that script and he waited till Dustin Hoffman was available. And, um, and he told this great story about working with Paul Newman in The Color of Money. Mm-hmm. And Tom Cruise was saying, yeah, I just wanted to look really cool in this outfit I picked out. And it was like 10 degrees outside. So I'm always cold and I'm just in there shivering. And I look over at Newman and Newman's doesn't matter. He's all cool. And, he, you know, he's just doing the scene. He doesn't go and get warm. He's just standing around. And after uh, three or four takes, he comes up to me and he says, kid, long underwear. <laughs> it's like he tells these stories and you realize how many people he's worked with and how great of a career he's had that's so funny and uh so i started my tom cruise marathon with night and day mm-hmm. um with cameron diaz i've never seen it my, my mom really likes it though and here's the thing it's not a bad movie cool here's the thing i always say with tom cruise does he really make a bad movie Exactly. He might not make a great movie. Yeah. But does he make a bad movie? Or 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 a better way to say it might be does he has he ever made a movie bad? That's a good way to say it. Right. So like like there are movies of his that I don't love, but he's always good in them. That's the thing is I I remember watching Night and Day and being like, "Oh, it's okay." Yeah. So like, like a lot of people would say that Vanilla Sky is yeah. bad. Um I think it's interesting. I think it fails at a lot of things, but he's really good in it. And here's the thing. I haven't seen Vanilla Sky since I got it on DVD 10 years ago. Yeah. So I don't remember anything about it. I remember he wears a weird mask in it. Yep. Um, so I'm going to go back and revisit him. And revisiting Night and Day is he's really funny in it. He's really charismatic. Um, he does some great action moments in it. It it falters because some of the CGI isn't very good when he's running away from bowls. Um, hmm. But overall, it's pretty fun. Like, there's this badass scene at the beginning where he's on this airplane, and this airplane's, like, just full of uh, bad guys and Cameron Diaz and him. And he keeps on trying to get Cameron Diaz to leave him alone, but now that she got mixed up with him, now he, she has to come with him. Uh, so he's on this plane, he's just kicking everybody's ass, and uh, and the way the plane starts to crash, and he says, he's just like, the plane's going to crash, and, uh, yeah, just make sure you buckle on. And it's just the way he does it is so funny. Um, so yeah, and he plays a like kind of a crazy unhinged guy, um, and he turns out he's like this super spy, and it's it's really cool, and it like the setup is really good. Yeah, um, some of the payoffs are okay, um, but I still have fun watching it. It's not a movie where I sit down like, Ugh, is this movie gonna end? Yeah, it goes by fast, and he's still fun in it. Um, so I really enjoyed um, Tom Cruise this week. Very cool. Um, just a few more things. Sorry, I no, I watched Commando again because I also listened to. A, Nerdist interview with Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and he was talking about ideas he had for Commando, and so Commando is a great movie. It's it has to be like one of the height of the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, just macho man yeah. cinema. Where I mean, at the end, he's literally running through that compound and just mowing guys down. <laughs> they can't shoot him, but he is killing a whole army of dudes <laughs> with one gun, and then the it's if you like macho movie, that's it's fun. They kidnap his daughter. Um, he says, I'll be back in it. Um, and it's it's funny, on the Nerdist, he talks about, I'll be back. And he said, I went up to Jim, Jim, Jim Cameron, and I said, why would I say, I'll be back? That doesn't make sense. I would say, I will be back. And uh, Jim Cameron told him, he said, hey, dude, I'm the writer. You're the actor. Just do what I say. And now it's like one of the greatest movie lines right. ever. Um, yeah. And that sounds like something Jim Cameron would say. Yeah, um, even though he's also right. He's right, but Schwarzenegger's he's... Schwarzenegger's totally right. The robot yeah. should say, I will be back. Yeah, he is right. 
But uh, it's interesting because even Schwarzenegger is saying he's such a great actor. Um, I loved that little thing we saw before Fury where he's like, a fucking tank! I bought a fucking tank! Where it's yeah. obviously for charity, you get a ride in a tank with Schwarzenegger. I don't right. know how much you'd have to pay, but I'd do it. Um, so yeah, Commando's fun and silly. Um, he kills a lot of guys in it and has a lot of one-liners. And then there's lots of like continuity errors, which makes it funny. <laughs> <laughs> like this Porsche crashes, and then he flips it over, and then when they drive away, it's like pristine. <laughs> Stuff that's really noticeable, but who cares? It's a fun yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I saw was Gone Girl uh, with cool. Ben Affleck. Um, the movie is really good. Uh, the performances are great in it. Yeah. Um, ben Affleck's really good. Here's the thing with Ben Affleck. I've been saying it forever. He's a good actor. Yeah. Um, and what's great, uh, what I really liked about this movie is every time you think maybe Affleck is innocent, something would happen. You're like, well, maybe this guy is an asshole. Right. You know, but uh, here's huge spoilers. If you've not yeah. seen this movie, I, was gonna say, I, I don't think we not, can do this without. Yeah. If you've not read this book, stop listening or skip forward. I don't know. Ten minutes. Ten or minutes. Whatever. whatever. Um, but as you start reading it and then you start learning that his wife is the most manipulative person ever. Yeah. And that her whole story is a fabrication and all because she wanted to get out and pretend she was dead. And dude, it's. <sighs> And then you realize, like, whoa, Ben Affleck is telling the truth about everything. Uh-huh. And it, it's a great little twist in the movie because a lot of movies always make the guy to be the bad person, whether right. it's What Lies Beneath with Harrison Ford, um, which I love that movie anyways. But uh, but this movie is just so well made. Um, and you're with it completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with it even when she's yes. still alive. And when she's when she goes to Desi, you know, General Patrick Herrick's character, I'm like, okay. I was actually kind of hoping that Neil Patrick's character would kill her, um, kind of teach her a lesson. Yeah. Um, but then it takes another turn where she pretends she's raped by him, murders him, and then Ben Affleck's cool with it. That's, well, but see, that's that's not how that movie ends. <laughs> yeah, he's like, meh, well, I'm going to stick around. Right. So, okay, so that's what <laughs> I don't like about this movie. Me is too. That, well, in those last ten minutes, it's not that he's okay with it, it's that it is that a number of very convenient things happen for her to manipulate his life. Like basically she's holding over him the fact that she is pregnant. And if he, if he does anything to, to break the illusion of their life and their happiness together, that she will, um, basically take, you know, just destroy his life around him. Um, and, and it's supposed to be, I look at it in a very network kind of way where I think it's supposed to be a, like a satire, um, or, or just a criticism on the way oh, that we, Oh yeah, it totally is. We, and actually like, one of my favorite scenes is when villi- that Nancy people. Grace lady shows up at his house mm-hmm. and she's, uh, Oh, hi, how are you? Right. You told everybody I killed my wife. Yeah, and then you told me uh, what, what else? She said horrible things about. Yeah, him. well, yeah, what she did she, she, say to uh, she insinuated that he had sex with, with his, his sister. sister. Yeah, 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 and he just the way Affleck plays that is oh, yeah. so cool. Yeah, but then you. So that's my problem is that like I don't believe that any care like any human being would go through all the things he goes through and would accept the life he accepts. Yeah. for the reasons he accepts I mean, it. I, I, um, I guess because she has like the bar in her name and stuff, but right, exactly. Like he can, she can bring his life down around his ears, 
um, and he will look like a piece of shit in 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 the news. And I mean, that's the reason he doesn't do it, yeah, right? But, but what, isn't it great though too when she shows up like after all bloody and stuff, and she falls and I was like, you fucking cunt! Right. Like, oh, oh yeah, right. And it's so, because that's the moment where you realize that how he is portrayed in the media is actually important to him. Yeah, even really though even though he's he's so bad at controlling that, the rest of the movie, you know, in the in the beginning of the movie. Um, but yeah, from then on, you realize like, okay, the only reason he's not s- admitting to what's really going on, and th- the only reason he doesn't just drop her right there and go, no, fuck you, like mm-hmm. I know what you did, and now that you're back, I can prove it to everyone. Yeah. Um, because there's there's little things, there there are, there are things she does along the way that you could easily punch holes in her story. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the fact we we know that there is video footage of her walking into Desi's house yeah. with him, like. That story does not hold water at all. It only holds water because the media wants to believe what they were yeah. told. Um, and even that cop, like the cop, I said this when we reviewed it, that cop is is so such a s- intelligent, really good David Fincher kind of character. Um, and then she comes back and, d- I mean, that cop does not believe this story. I know, that interview but, with her in the hospital right. and the cop is in, oh she's almost has her right she and so I just her. don't believe that she just lets that go uh, yeah you hope that there's gonna if the story continued the cop would follow up and right. stuff so it's a it's a brilliant brilliant movie I just don't like the last 10 minutes <laughs> yeah and you know it, it, but it, it's a thing I think that's why it's written that way is because it's supposed to be a thing like, fuck this and they want people right. to talk about it you right. know it's exactly um, which is which is really smart like yeah. it's yeah. Well, it, it's a smart way because it doesn't take the easy way out. Right. It makes, you know, I always pr- appreciate movies that they make you ask questions and it's not just, oh, she did bad and then that cop nails her in the hospital. Yeah. You know, because that'd be easy. That'd be the easy ending. Um, and it's not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of Fincher movies end that way. Even if he's adapting Girl Dragon Tattoo, even The Social Network, you know, is um, it doesn't end like in a way you expect it to end. Mm-hmm. Um you know, basically, you know, in the social networks, like, oh, Mark Zuckerberg might be the founder of Facebook, but he has no friends. Right. You know, it's he's a he's a really great filmmaker, and um, yeah. So I, I mean, I enjoyed the movie. The performances were amazing in it. Yeah, that's the reason to see it. Yeah. Um, both of them. Both my, of the, well, yeah. My wife was telling me it's distracting because like how buff Ben Affleck is in it, and she <laughs> she said, "Was well, he getting ready for Batman?" I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah. Totally is. But I mean, he's always been kind of like a built guy. I don't think yeah. he's ever been like. I don't think he. Lo- I, honestly, in some of those shots, he looks more frumpy. Like you, you can tell that there's more underneath his shirt than mm-hmm. than you're seeing. But I think at times it looks just a little bit frumpy more than yeah. it is, you know. But uh, cool. Yeah, that's what I watched this week. <laughs> uh, well, I thoroughly enjoyed some Tom Cruise this week. Nice. <laughs> um, I missed the episode where you guys got to go see um, Live Die Repeat. All you need is kill Edge of Tomorrow, or yeah. as it is commonly known, that Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> it's um, one of my favorite movies from the year. I was just going to say this. Honestly, we've still got Interstellar coming this year, but so what I can say is that so far this is the best piece of science fiction all year. Oh yeah, it's um, awesome. this movie is really really cool. It's it's fun to think about. It's a really cool piece of science fiction. So if you're a fan of the genre, you just have to see this. Um, and then it is just a fun adventure movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's sort of a take like like if you took Primer and then made it an adventure film, that's what this is. Yeah. Um, because it is this 
or I mean, everybody can uh, compares it to Groundhog Day, and it, it is very similar. But um, if you didn't see the trailer for whatever reason, basically, it's in the future, and there's this alien race that attacks, and Tom Cruise. I don't even want to explain to you why, because that's one of the most fun things about the movie. But Tom Cruise gets stuck in a loop where he's reliving the same like 24-hour period over and over and over again. Um, and when one of the things they, they you don't learn from the trailer is that he starts the movie off as this lieutenant in the in the military who's going dick. around. He's yeah, he's a total dick. Does not know how to fight. Like is he's like he's like a corporate head. Yeah, y- you know, like his job is just to inspire people to sign up for the military. Um, and then for some some interesting political reasons, he ends up like getting uh, t- like trapped into uh, actually going to the front lines because this general wants him to die. Um, and then that's the day he relives over and over again. Um, and he ends up running into Emily Blunt, who is this like badass military chick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's got to figure out how to, in 24 hours, like by reliving the day over and over and over again and learning all these lessons, defeat this alien race because like they are just going to mow the entire human race down. Um, it's one of the coolest alien invasion movies and the idea of of the alien is one of the coolest ones i've seen maybe ever like and here's the thing too what a lot of people don't talk about and i think i forgot to mention this when i saw it the first time he relives the day but the movie's so smart that when he gets off the beach you think that's the first time he got off the beach right and then you find out that he's done this a lot of times yeah and uh you know emily once says why can't i get in this helicopter you know, why can't I leave yeah, here? That's a great and you moment. realize that you're not seeing everything, that right. we're not seeing his story. And I think it's such a smart movie tactic because it keeps you invested in it. And when you're watching, like, well, what version of this am I seeing? Right, exactly. And you you actually lose track of that of his character to some degree. Yeah. Uh it allows you like you don't have to be there for every step of his development. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um yeah, it's a it's a smart, fun movie, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, just the idea of, like I said, I don't want to talk about how this alien works. Um, but when they introduce it and like, it's just a really badass yeah. idea. Like it's a, like they introduce what this alien is doing and you're like, holy shit. Like this is more impressive and scarier than like the, the giant laser in independence day was yeah. right. Like the stakes seem so much higher and the whole thing with, there's there's these alphas which are like generals in the in the alien race that are running around and if you kill one like if you it, it's a really interesting dynamic that if you're winning the if you win a battle against this alien race you will lose the battle against the alien race yeah. like it's so brilliant and i think that's why too i mean i have the blu-ray and it literally says live die repeat on it yeah and as your tomorrow's on the bottom i think they didn't know how to promote this movie oh, yeah. It's, and I actually think Live, Die, Repeat would be an awesome title for it's a movie. A, it's be- yeah, yeah, yeah. Edge of Tomorrow is, it's kind of an okay title. Uh, no, I actually think it's a, it's a, it's a good it title makes more if you've sense seen if, the movie. If you've seen the movie. Um, but yeah, they just didn't, they had no idea how to market this movie. No. And it is an absolute tragedy. Like the fact that I didn't see this in theaters or my parents didn't see this in theaters, because I can tell you, like I bought the Blu-ray 
uh, I just heard good things. I'd heard you guys talk about it to some degree, and I knew I was going to end up liking it, so I bought the Blu-ray having not seen mm-hmm. it. And I gave it to my parents because I know they're going to adore this yeah. movie. Like, she's going to, my mom's going to watch this movie constantly. And um, it's the one thing, word of mouth. I mean, it made over $100 million. And when it first came out, they're like, oh, is this going to make money? Yeah. Uh, but people had to see it and they right. had to appreciate it. Yeah. But they had no idea how to market this movie. Yeah. And it's a real shame. And there's so much, there's so much quality to oh, it yeah. that the fact that you couldn't put together a trailer or a title or anything to actually, like, they should have just, you know, uh, bit the bullet and sold it as a Tom Cruise joint and yeah. and, and just avoided everything else and just be like, this is a movie where he's in a suit and he's fighting aliens. They like, really should have. They really yeah, should have like, shown him like dropping out of the airship and then shooting yes. things. They should have completely avoided the time travel thing because that's the thing they didn't understand how to pitch people and it made the it made the concept of the movie something that didn't stick mm-hmm. with people, right? Like they just needed to sell it as here's a badass action movie Yo, dog, do you like Tom Cruise? <laughs> because guess what? Most people do. Hey, dog, I do like Tom Cruise. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and the, the movie would have done well, but they instead they marketed it in a confusing way mm-hmm. um, that made even like sci-fi fans, like they, we, a lot of people looked at it, and I remember talking to people, and they were like, I don't know... I don't know if that movie is really going to be smart. I don't like it. It seems like they're, they're doing this time travel thing, but like, ah, it just seems rough. And then you watch it and you're like, no, you, this movie is really intelligent. Yep. Uh, and a really cool piece of science fiction. So it's just a, it's a, it's an awful shit. Warner Brothers marketing. I literally just cut the trailer in my head. Yeah. Calling the movie live, die, repeat. Yeah. You could show a scene of him dropping on and shooting. It's like live. And then you see him like get cut in half, die. And then it goes back to him falling. Repeat. Yeah. Yeah, you could do something. Why, why, why are you in charge of Warner Brothers? Well, here's the thing, though: the movie wasn't titled "Live Die Repeat." I know that's what I mean. But the, if, if yeah, it was the tagline. If, if, if they figured that out sooner, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> even if you just call it, like even the the problem is if you haven't seen the movie, the word the the title "Edge of Tomorrow" is like just the most forgettable title. Yeah, you know, uh, even if you'd call it "All You Need Is Kill." Like, that would have been, been better just because it is so grammatically awkward mm-hmm. that people would be like, oh, yeah, that weird movie, all you need is, like, murder or whatever. Yeah. Like, the, like that would stick with them and they would remember I that agree. piece. But the title, Edge of Tomorrow, just sounds like a... Generic. Yeah, it's like a, you know, it paperback like... sci-fi novel written by a guy who wrote way too many sci-fi <laughs> yeah. novels in the 50s. It sounds like guys sitting at Warner Brothers being like, um, how can we market this movie? And what can, we can't call it All You Need Is Kill because people won't like that. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, it sounds good. It sounds like a bad hackneyed yeah. like rip off of a Philip K Dick story. <laughs> it really does. It really <laughs> it's just, does. It's really a shame. Um so anyway, people need to go just just buy Live or Die Repeat slash Edge of Tomorrow yeah. when slash you go all to the, you need when you to go kill. to Best Buy, you go onto Amazon, you have to f- it's even hyphenated. It now. is, yeah. So you won't even see Edge of Tomorrow on the box. It'll say "Live, Die, Repeat." So yeah, it's like a hashtag at the bottom. Yep, it's weird. Edge of Tomorrow, Blunt Cruise, and you're like, "What the fuck? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Man, you guys really fucked this up, didn't you?" Yeah. Um, and it's too bad because it's one of the most underrated movies of the year. Oh yeah, me and uh, Brad when we watched it, we were talking about it. it's one of our favorite movies of the summer. It and totally is. Yeah. Rewatching I, it, it's still one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. It uh, will definitely be in my film explosion yeah, list. Yeah, we will talk about that movie again at the and, end of the year. Unless for, sure. for some reason there is enough movies that are coming out to knock it out and I don't see I don't that th- yeah, this year's not been that good. So, um the other thing was that uh Yeah, last week, uh The Legend of Korra's book 4 started. Um, um internet, which, right? Yes, yeah. So this is the one. This is the f- the f- 
last season and the first season that is entirely just on the Nickelodeon website. I don't understand why Nickelodeon did that. What, did they have so much programming that does so well that they well, can just dump that? N- no. I would bet that what it was was that they had already invested enough, because it takes so long to make that show. Well, yeah. That the fact that they turned it around, you know, the, the last season aired at the beginning of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they clearly had already been animating the new season. So they probably just said, like, look, we, we're going to dump this. It's not doing well enough. But we also have these fervent fans who will eat us alive if we <laughs> announce that we're canceling it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to finish the season we're working on now. But when we air it, we're going to announce that it's the final season. Do you think there's any opportunity to be, like, re-resurrected on Adult Swim or something? No. Um, no. And I, uh, the truth is, with the way they're going, I would totally believe, like, if if, um, if uh, DiMartino came out or either of the creators came out and said, like, no, the truth is... We we built this to be four seasons, um, so this was going to be the end anyway. I would totally believe them, because um, where they've where they've taken the story, basically the villain this season, uh, the Earth Kingdom. There's this villain in the Earth Kingdom who's like trying to take everything over, and she's really militaristic and um, is just starting to rule the country with an iron fist. Um, and that's sort of the villain. But the truth is, the villain of the season is depression, mm. um, because. Korra at the end of last season uh, got her ass kicked and got poisoned and so at the beginning of the season oh and I, I talked about this when it ended but um, the the air nomads are going to like go out and basically do the job she's been doing and like keep the peace in the world so for three seasons everybody's been telling her like yeah the world doesn't really need an avatar anymore um, so now that she is like kind of defeated and really sad she just wanders the earth like she's disappeared nobody knows where she is um, and she, in the second episode, when we finally catch up with her, she's like, um, she's having these weird visions of herself and she's, anyway, it's, it's all of these like visual metaphors for the fact that she is really depressed and just doesn't believe in herself anymore. Um, and she ends up running into Toph, who's one of the characters from the original series. Um, and she discovers in the third episode this week that like, she's still got some of the poison in her. Uh, and Toph tries to get it out of her, but there is this great scene where, like, she Toph keeps yelling at her and, like, no, like, you've got to rela- relax in order for me to get this out of you. And what it is is it's this really great picture of the way that that she is just clinging too much to, like, that that memory of, of what it was like to just basically get her ass handed to her and just that fear of her not being good enough. Um, and that she's, like, holding on to this, you know, poison inside of her life. Mm. Um, and it's just a That's really deep. great, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right for a fucking kids movie um, or te- television show. Um, and so it's just been a really, it it's it's a really dark season so far. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's uh, the guy who's actually supposed to be the king of the um, of the Earth uh, Kingdom. One of our one of our characters is is basically his bodyguard, and like he and his brother are fighting, and and he's just clearly unhappy with the fact that like. All he is is a bodyguard now. Like every, nobody's really in a good place in their life, um, and it's just interesting to see them explore um, what happens. Sort of when theoretically you've gotten everything that you want, like you've defeated all of the bad guys, and now you just have to live something of a normal life. Like that's it's interesting. You know, the way I would put it is you d- this series has basically been if if in if in the new Star Wars trilogy. Um, the story was that now that Luke Skywalker has um, has brought balance to the Force, he basically spends the rest of his time 
making the Force and Jedis completely irrelevant by like handing power out to everybody else and finding a way to let normal people like Buffy. run the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, basically this whole series has been the last 20 minutes of Buffy, <laughs> um, which is really, it's really interesting. And so now, now you know, this season is clearly going to be about Korra and, her, and the other characters from that show trying to figure out how you fit into a world that doesn't necessarily need you anymore. Um, and it's fascinating and cool. Um, and the action is awesome. That, so the second episode of this show, I swear, I could show you just this episode and you'd go, oh, like, I don't know that you would necessarily, like, suddenly want to watch the show and there would be things you wouldn't necessarily understand, but just the action and the, the little scenes of drama and the politics going on, I think you would get it just from that one 30-minute episode. You'd go, oh, okay, I understand why people really like this, and I understand why the show is special. Um, so it's just cool that even though it's going coming to an end, like it's firing on all cylinders, I'm really excited about where it's going. Um, Maybe it's okay it ends then. Oh, totally. If That's it, what I'm if saying. It, if it's, it ends on a high yeah, note, then... Yeah, and it just means that those guys will hopefully get to go off oh, and create sure, something new. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, like... They, they they just need to make a show that isn't on Nickelodeon mm-hmm. is probably the answer. Um, so, cool. Uh, I think that's everything I watched. Yeah. Cool. Uh, this is the comic book you should pick up this week. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. Do you want me to go? Yeah, you go. All right, cool. Um, I actually have two, and again, it's going to be repeats. Um, Edge of Spider-Verse, number five is written by Gerard Way, who is My Chemical Romance. And it's a really interesting story. It's like kind of sci-fi. And he has lyrics to a song going while uh, this thing called The Spider, which is actually this little girl in a huge mechanized suit uh, that has a spider that lives with her that gives her the powers. Like a spider slayer suit? Yeah, exactly. But the spider like gives her powers, and she's related to uh, Peter Parker, in this alternate universe, and she fights a really cool-looking Mysterio where he has, like, a big eyeball for a globe. Ooh. And uh, it's really fascinating, and she's uh, she has to fight him, and he uses, like, fear toxin, and it's messing with her, like, systems, and it's really fast, and I read it, I don't know, like, in five minutes. Um, but the story's really cool um, because it kind of has a, a future techno feel to it, and that it's a little girl inside of this mech fighting a really cool-looking Mysterio, is really fascinating to me Hmm. and that she, she senses that the other spider men and women are in trouble. And so she makes this thing and she's off to fight Moreland. And it's, it's kind of a cute little fun story. Um, It doesn't really deal with um, her. Her father is Peter Parker and he dies at the beginning really fast because Hmm. obviously it's a one shot. So I have to tell the story really fast. And her aunt May and uncle Ben are actually scientists that, genetically engineered this the spider and the spider is the person who it has to be genetically tied to peter parker so this little girl named penny parker gets bit by the spider and she becomes the mechanized spider it's pretty interesting hmm. um so the second one which is the spider gwen and this one are definitely the best ones uh, the one before that was like a horror comic where spider-man was kind of evil in it hmm. it was written kind of like ec comics that was interesting um just not quite as good. Yeah. Um, so I'd pick up number five. Again, I don't know how long this one will last because I think a lot of people are starting to get into it. Yeah. Um, so like the Spider-Gwen one, it might sell out really fast. And it's, you know, Gerard Way's first mainstream comic that he's doing because he did Umbrella Academy. Yeah. And people really enjoyed that and that he did a different take on Spider-Man. I think people 
will kind of get excited once they figure out what it is. Right. Um, and then they uh, also relaunched Batgirl. Um, didn't they like? Didn't that one just start? Uh, issue thirty-five. Uh, DC does this thing that every September, the new fifty-two kind of reboots itself, where they're uh, going to try new, different things to do. That just um, sounds stressful. Yeah, it's so it's funny. Just as soon as you like a character, especially yeah. like because you've you've just been getting into this character mm-hmm. for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, and so to to get to a, a place where it's they're interesting. Now they're like, I will say this, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. And that the new writer does not ignore anything that came before. Okay. So it's, so really it's really a, just that they're it's a restart. It's changing hands. Exactly. They, they might change some dynamics about the yeah. character, but it might stay the same. To and some the degree. dynamics they change is it's a little more upbeat where Gail Simone, she wrote a really dark story. Yeah. I mean, uh they did a future's end thing last month, September, where uh they take stories five years in the future. Mm-hmm. And you, the Writers could do whatever they want, and just reading reviews on Comic Vine and stuff and Newsarama, varying degrees of success. And yeah. everybody really liked Gail Simone's Batgirl because it's literally like she got a chance to finish her story when DC wouldn't let her finish the story. Right. Um. So the Batgirl Future's End is actually pretty good. Um. She kills Bane in it, <laughs> and, uh, mm. and so this one kind of um, carries over where she's starting a new town because of what happened to her at the end of not Future's End, but the one before Mm -hmm. where basically everything's falling apart for her. So she moves and she's going to college and it kind of takes a little more of a meta humor where it's texting and Instagram and, Hmm. um, and now she's looking for a guy who's hacking in. There's like this hacker who you'd go to this website called hook where you hook up with people and he would steal all your information. So she figures that out and redesigns her costume and, um, goes and kicks his ass. Um, so it's it's still pretty interesting, and it's still pretty well done. Um, it is a little jarring going from Gail Simone's really dark and brooding, like, Batgirl to this really brightly colored, yeah. um, kind of cartoony Batgirl. Still well done. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Cool. So those are two comics I read this week that are fun. Awesome. Um, awesome. And I don't know if the Batgirl comic is available anymore. When I was at Colorado Coins and Cards and Comics, he did not have any more on the shelf. Oh, shit. Um, and in fact... Uh, there is one variant left. I did get one of the variants. This month, uh, DC's doing monster variants. Hmm. And the Batgirl is like a vampire. It actually looks pretty cool. So I got that one. He has one more of those. So. Cool. So if you want to get it, make sure you go down there soon and ask for Andrew. And maybe he has some. Just sometimes he keeps some behind the counter. Yeah. Or if you haven't been reading it, it sounds like you can just pick up the trades oh, yeah. the last year. And... Yeah, definitely. And you, yeah, you can't pick up the trades. I know those are there. 20% cool. off. Very cool. Um, cool. So this week we went and saw Fury. Starring yeah. Brad Pitt. Um, James, should people go see Fury? Yes. Um, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, you should know going in, it's a pretty brutal World War II movie. Um, and I, you know, I've got a couple of things that are, uh, that irk me a little bit about it, but, but they are minor. I, I think the movie is really great. And, and especially when you're talking about a World War II movie, I feel like there's a lot of World War II movies. I always go into them and I'm, you have the sense of, Okay, what is this gonna? What is this movie gonna bring that's gonna be different, or is gonna make it worthy of of being among all of the fantastic World War II movies that we've we've seen? Um, and there are a number of things in this film that that to me are gonna stick with me and are gonna be just really great scenes that are are totally worth uh, people checking out. So yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, yeah, I would go see it too. Um, I have a little qualms with it, mm-hmm. um, but it's exciting. It's depressing. Yep. Um, it's well acted. 
It's yep. well shot, very well shot. Oh, the movie's gorgeous. Um, but uh, we'll play the trailer, and I'll get into the, some of the things I don't like about it after we talk about it for a little bit. Here's a trailer for Fury. If you think it can't get worse, it can, and it will. The dying's not done. The killing's not done. I promised my crew a long time ago I'd keep them alive. I was afraid you were dead. Where's the rest of Thurkinson? We're it. Sergeant Collier, I'm your new assistant driver. Thanks, school. That's home. I've never even seen the inside of a tank. You will. I started this war killing Germans in Africa. Now I'm killing Germans in Germany. Been with these fine gentlemen for years. These troops get by you. We're all dead in the water. All we got is you. I won't ask you to do anything I haven't done myself. Comp check. Photo check. Grady check. Bob check. Bob check. Peaceful. History is violent. Wait till you see it. See what? What a man can do to another man. I'm scared. I'm scared too. It will end soon. But before it does, a lot more people gotta die. Well, you know we do get a dollar thirty-five a day, right? <laughs> Best job I ever had. Best job I ever had. Best job I ever had. They're coming. How many? 300 of them. There's five against 300. We never run before. Why are we going to run now? We're still in this fight. Still in this fight. Now. I mean, it's all in the trailer. It's. Yeah. Brad Pitt is the leader of this tank named Fury. Uh, was it the 3rd Battalion, I think? is. I think so. I think it's the 3rd Battalion. And they just lost their spotter or something like that. Is the, he's the guy who runs the gun in the front yeah. right next to the uh, They driver. just lost it in a battle that <laughs> it starts It starts really beautiful. Yeah. Where this, here's the thing. is The way this movie is shot is stunning. Yeah. Uh, the opening shot is literally a German soldier. Uh, general or something on a horse surveying a battlefield. Yeah, he just sort of crests this hill and it's like, yeah. oh, it's beautiful. There's shadows and there's smoke and he's just going by and all of a sudden Brad Pitt jumps off of his tank and stabs him in the face with a knife. Yeah. And not like, oh, you see it off camera. No, like straight no. up gore. Oh yeah, this movie is really brutal. You um, see some things you were not expecting. <laughs> no. Uh, and he kills him and it turns out those are the only guys who live through this whole battle. Right. And they go back and they get a new recruit named Norman, and he's played by Logan Learman, who my niece has a huge crush on. Yep. Um, As do many people's nieces. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's right there, because was he Percy Jackson? Yeah, yeah, I think I so. think that's why my niece likes yeah. him. Uh, my niece is 12, so <laughs> I should point that out. So yeah. seeing like a, a young man on screen who's like a hero, I'm sure yeah. that's why she has a crush on him. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. He's a, he's a good-looking kid. Um, and so he gets in there, and he's just a typist, and he doesn't know what to do, and... 
he gets going, um, and you're introduced to all the people that are in his battalion. Um, and they've been um, they've been a tank crew. Like it's it's end of the end of the war. They're in Germany, and these guys have been together since Africa. And you know, there's even that line in the trailer where yeah. he says, you know, "And see that we the fought our way of, across the whole world to get here." And the rest of that speech is so good. Yeah, it is because I mean, it's good in the trailer, but as it keeps on going, um, and he says, "You know, I'm I'm guessing it's almost over, but until then, we have a job to do." And it just um, there's just so many great moments. Uh, Brad Pitt is really good in it. Uh, I, I miss. I do like him in Glorious Bastards more. But yeah, it's it's a, totally it's a different movie. Very. Um, so I can't really hold that against him. Right. Um, but the, but it the, is it is so close that there are a couple moments where you forget that it's yeah. not the same guy. <laughs> um, but what the thing that there's some, some of my issues with the movie is I didn't like some of the characters that they had to have. You know, Shia LaBeouf plays his nickname is Bible, so he's always quoting Bible verses. Mm-hmm. What we're doing here is a righteous act, Joe. Then you have the Mexican guy, Gordo. You hear me, Gordo? Mm-hmm. And there's a Bible verse I think about sometimes. Many times. It goes. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Mm-hmm. And then you have the sleazeball played by John Barenthal. I don't remember his character's name. Yeah. What um, was his nickname? Oh, I can't remember. <clears throat> and I said, here am I. Send me. I don't remember. I it, kept I kept thinking his nickname was Animal just because of that great scene <laughs> at the beginning. Uh-uh. Um, yeah. Th- yeah, they do, they, they do fall into stereotypes more than they should. Isaiah chapter 6. Yeah, but because I think they're well written, they are. But yeah, but it, that's the part I, that I irritated me. I'm like, really, they have to be this way. Yeah, but you kind of forget about it when they're driving across the country and they get in this tank fight, and there's like strategy about taking out this German tank, and um, you know, it's going back and forth, and they're firing, and uh, it, it's intense. Like you know, you know, Logan Learman, his character Norman, doesn't want to kill anybody, right? And then that scene where they capture a German soldier and he's wearing a United States coat. serviceman coat and it's like, you kill that guy and he won't do it. And then, uh, what's the name of Brad Pitt's character? Doug? Uh, yeah, Don, Don. And he, he forces him to shoot this guy. And it's, yeah. it's powerful. And yeah, well, and unfortunately you had, um, you had missed a sequence right before that where they, yeah, they, they started off as five tanks. And I, yeah. I just want you to know this scene cause it's important. Um, they started off as five tanks and there was, I think you saw the scene where they had this lieutenant who was running them, who's this yeah. really young-looking guy. Yeah. So his tank was in the front, and as they're going along, there are um, some Nazi youths in the in the woods, and Norman sees them but does not shoot them, and they light that first tank on fire, and you it is in a brutal sequence where that lieutenant was was sort of standing up in the in the tank, right, mm-hmm. um, and he jumps out of the tank on fire is like running around, like completely doused in flame um and falls on the ground pulls out his pistol and shoots himself in the head mm. and it's just absolutely brutal um and then you know Brad Pitt gets out and shoots like the kids in the woods and um but that is where that scene comes like that 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 sequence is is sort of right after mm. that um the, yeah, that's the, where I came the back end in. of that mission yeah and so that's you know he you understand i think the reason why cuz as as sort of horrible as this sequence is where Brad Pitt gets out and forces him to kill this guy um 
it uh, it is in reaction to the sequence where he, you know, he tells him, he's like, you are going to get, like, he at, at the end of that scene, he tells Norman, like, you killed those people in that tank. Like, it is your fault that they're dead. And the fact that you aren't willing to pull the trigger and kill these these Nazis is the is going to continue to kill U.S. Mm-hmm. soldiers. Um, so it's a it's a great sequence, and, and it's things like that that I think, like I was saying earlier, that sequence and that story to me are going to stick with me as well as um, I actually the 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 dinner sequence. That whole scene to me is a really well written and interesting. Yeah thing that i've not seen in other world war ii movies you know i've Mm. seen i've seen brutal violence in world war ii movies and and this one does it really well um but those are the sequences that really stuck out to me um as just being something that i had not a story i hadn't been told before um because that whole thing where he takes norman up and they like you know, one of the things that I think really defines great World War II movies are those quiet moments, right? The things between the violence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the all of the scenes that I love from Saving Private Ryan are all the ones where there isn't any fight, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and not not because I, not because of how brutal the fighting is, just because those are the ones where I learn those characters yeah. better, right? Um, and that one to me is really interesting, especially where you've got these two guys who are there, and they're they're sort of it, it shows you both sides of what it, what um what the people living in the towns where US soldiers were coming through probably mm-hmm. experienced right where where sometimes they were getting the soldiers who were going to share their eggs with them and sure maybe have sex with some of them but do it in a a very kind and loving way uh and then you were also going to have the animals who come through and are like you know just sort of tearing everything apart as they go um it's just a really neat sequence and especially <laughs> When when Gordo tells the story about the horses, um, that's yeah. a very interesting. One, one of those neat details that things like that probably happened, um, and you just don't hear that, those stories very yeah. often. And especially to have it end with him just sort of like breaking down and going like, "Well, it's, sorry, I'm drunk. Like, yeah. <laughs> never mind." Um, it's a really cool sequence. Yeah. Uh, um, what were your problems with it? Um, so I think the biggest one for me is honestly that. They spend the whole movie, t- uh, like convincing me that these tanks are really, really like not very good. Mm. You know, it opens with a line where, with, with his font on the top or at the beginning that says like, you know, U.S. tanks were out armored and outgunned, and that like the Tiger tanks are just these horrible things that can just tear through everybody. And you've got the, you've got the sequence where they fight a tiger and it's like just blowing the shit out of everything and. You see all these people die, and it's just absolutely brutal. And then the climax of the movie is a whole sequence where they kill, like, <laughs> it's a fucking Rambo sequence. Yeah. Like, they, with one tank that is broken, they kill all the Nazis. <laughs> um, well, most of them. Yeah. <laughs> it is both really satisfying, but every now and then something would happen where I'd be like, Come on, guys. Yeah. Like, you... I watched one bullet take out an entire tank, or, or like, or the sequence I described earlier, where, like, three kids in the woods with a friggin' Molotov cocktail take out a whole tank, and then, you know, 200, 300 Nazis can't take out one tank that can't move. <laughs> um, but it is a, it's a really cool sequence. It is cool. I, I thought um, it was interesting, too, that the Nazis shot red and everybody else shot green. I'm colorblind. Oh, you're did right. They? Yeah. Did they really? Oh, yeah. You, you could have seen shit. that. Uh, they had like a Star Wars moment where it had like fireworks when 
things would blow up. It had yeah. little like sparkly things go up. Yeah. And then the Americans, when they shoot, would be green, and then the Nazis were red. Really? Yeah, it's really interesting. It's an interesting style choice. That's funny. <laughs> I forgot that you Damn. didn't even notice that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. The movies. I mean, all the actors are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody mentioned it shot well. Um, but you know, when all those uh, spoilers, when all those guys die at the end. You know, it's not like these long, oh, save them. I mean, it's brutal. Oh, it's yeah. It's like you get shot, you're dead. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Bible p- pokes his head up and just gets wasted. Oh, yeah. Doesn't even have a moment. Yeah, it's, like real quick sequences. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not like, what. yeah, what's kind of nice about it is that with the exception of Brad Pitt, nobody has like a, this this long moment where they like earn their mm-hmm. death. Um, so, yeah. No, it's really cool. It's, really it's interesting. Cool. Um, yeah, and and that's oh man, sorry, but that that scene when uh, at the very end, Norman hides underneath the tank, mm-hmm. and that scene when the Nazi like pokes down there and sees him, and then lets him go, like oh, like that alone is almost worth the movie because uh, it's so interesting. Because that that Nazi is what Norman started the movie as, right? Mm-hmm. Is this person who is is merciful and would see somebody like that and say like, well. You know, I'm not going to do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, too. And in my head, too, I was thinking that I think the Nazis knew the war was over, too. Yeah. You know, because maybe. It, but you're right. You know, he's looking at him and saying, this guy's not a threat. He's, yeah, you just, he's you cowering. S- you see that guy and, and you and you see a Nazi version of of Norman. Mm-hmm. And like that, especially when you spent this whole movie where Brad Pitt is like convincing you that these people are evil and that it really is you or them. Uh, and that Norman's way of doing things doesn't work and is is dangerous to the people around him, then at the end you get this very humanizing moment where there is a Nazi who's just like Norman, mm-hmm. um, which is it's yeah it, really smart. It is because um, yeah, you know I think that's lost too. I mean yeah Nazis were horrible people, but at the end of the day they're also just following orders. Right. I mean it, even in the United States if you're in a battlefield and you don't follow orders you get killed for treason. Right. So I mean there is that. The, uh, ex- side that they don't ever explore is right. you know yeah the nazis were horrible people but maybe well, not all of them and he even says there's a line where where um uh the one ah shoot that one general that they run into that's played by the british guy anyway jason isaacs um is that what it is mm-hmm. yeah okay so that character at one point says like why don't they just stop fighting and brad pitt says would you yeah. and you go like oh right like you were you're in germany taking their land away from them and yeah. blowing up their churches because they hide people in them, but whatever, mm-hmm. blowing up all of their buildings, like, of course they are not going to stop anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, you get that satisfying when they're in that town and they have all those kids as soldiers mm-hmm. and Brad is like, up. hey, is that piece of shit the SS who's been hanging those kids? I'm like, yeah, pull them out. Yeah. And they just freaking waste him. Yeah, it's great. Um, uh, and nowadays you can't do that at war. Because we oh, saw, yeah. like, the lone survivor yeah. is, I mean, that's what war is now. There's so much politicalness about it i mean right. back then you said oh yeah that guy killed those kids pull him out shoot him kill him yep so yep. and even you know when they shot that nazi when he was given up someone in there would have told on the other guys it's, it's really interesting yeah. when you see how war was 70 years ago and mm-hmm. where it's come right um, and how the world's changed yeah um, well and it's a lot <clears throat> yeah i mean there's there's a difference <laughs> I guess between when you say rules of war but, yeah there's there's a difference between wars in Middle Eastern countries and world wars where you're talking <laughs> yeah. about like millions of lives and yeah. like the stakes of the world. Um, it's interesting. It, like it, you know, it sounds like something out of a comic book when you're or, yeah. or a sci-fi film to really be talking about like, 
the entire world doing something oh, like yeah, it's all being war at once. Um, so, so that part always yeah. fascinates me about those movies too. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, war was different back then. Mm-hmm. Now you have to get tanks to go around them. You know, now we just drop bombs on them. Right. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, um, and I was glad. I was glad that it didn't end with the. For some reason, at one point, I thought it was going to just have the like Saving Private Ryan ending, where because mm-hmm. they sort of f- foretell it earlier, where they're on the they're on that field, and then the bombs go and drop over the whole battlefield to mm-hmm. make sure everybody's dead. I thought that's what how it was going to end too. Was that like they were going to be fighting in the tank, and maybe a couple of them would die, and then they would end up getting yeah. saved by I, planes I thought, coming like, that in. Was and I was like, too. yeah. So I'm really glad they didn't do that. Um, and it was interesting too because it did end where they said, you know, Norman, you're a hero. And of all of them, maybe he wasn't the hero of it. Right. You know, he just happened to be yeah. there. Um, yeah. It, it, and the heavy metaphor at the end was kind of obnoxious. The crossroads, and then that they held him down. and that, yeah. So stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it was it's a little, little convenient. It's little things. Right, yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, the movie's well shot. It's well made. Um, yeah. I'll see it again eventually, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's cool. You know, I, I think that they... They don't drive it home as well as they could have, but I, I think what they are trying to get to at the end there is also this idea that 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 was one of of many many tanks, yeah. right? And that and that there are a lot of stories like this one, um, but uh, so yeah, it, it's it's pretty neat. That's, yeah. So next week we're seeing something. I don't know yet. We, yeah, uh, maybe John weird. Wick. Who knows? Yeah, we'll figure it's it out. Keanu Reeves killing people, whatever. Yeah, or if we can. Yeah, because we can't see Birdman, right? Yeah, I think it's not till the thirty first. Okay, unless yeah. Alamo has it a week earlier, I don't know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we'll maybe, figure it out. Men, women, and children, maybe I don't know. We'll see. Bye. See ya. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. Aww. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tiny and my... My insides are new and they don't know how to not hiccup.